Welcome to the Resilient Fire Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 1. I'm Dave, and I'm happy that you are listening in. This time, we are talking about your basic needs. What are your basic needs as a survivor? How do you meet those? What are your basic needs as a Christian? And how do you meet those? Should be a good episode. I will say it's going to be a little bit of an overview when it comes to the basic needs as a survivor, because I can go into each one of these individual needs that we're going to talk about and really get into some details on how you're going to be able to meet those needs. And I'm going to do that in future episodes. This is just kind of an overview. I want to start off with a story, though. On July 11, 2015, a 16-year-old girl named Autumn Veach was getting ready to drive from Kalispell, Montana to Bellingham, Washington. As an alternative, her grandfather said, you know what, I'll just fly you there. So they packed up their small airplane and they took off from Kalispell about one in the afternoon. About three hours later, after flying through some clouds, losing some GPS capability, the plane crashed uh, into the trees, into the mountains, into northern Cascades. Autumn was able to free herself from the aircraft, but she could hear her grandparents who were stuck and disoriented after the plane crash, but they were still alive. She could hear them screaming. So she went to go and try and rescue them and, and help them to escape out of the aircraft, but it was on fire. So she suffered some significant burns on her hands, second-degree burns. As she was trying to rescue them, she said eventually the screaming stopped, and she knew what that had meant. The only thing that she could think to do at that point was to run downhill and just start getting away from the aircraft. I can't imagine what she must have been feeling. The psychological stress, the emotional reactions to everything that had just happened in the maybe hour prior. I'm going to read something from an article that I found about her. It says, quote, Everything was wet. The clouds were spitting, the ground was saturated, and Veach was drenched. She had been following the rivulet for hours, watching it grow wider and deeper, and crossing it repeatedly when the bank became impassable. The afternoon turned to evening, and Veach was still sobbing loudly, freaking out, as she puts it, and talking aloud. The death of the Bowmans had rattled her, Veach says, but the enormity of the situation also weighed heavily. That night she climbed onto a ledge above the river to sleep. It wasn't dry, but it was the closest patch of habitable ground. She wasn't worried about wild animals like snakes or bears. Instead, her mind was occupied by a single thought. I'm gonna die. Hypothermia would be the culprit. She realized then that it had been a poor choice to continuously cross the creek, but there was nothing to be done about it now. By the end of the night, her chilled cotton clothes and canvas Chuck Taylor sneakers lay in a pile. Still wearing a tank top, Veach wrapped her cardigan around herself, exhaling into the cocoon to stay warm. Sleep was nearly impossible, especially with the pain from her burned hand, but it was rest. Autumn was out there for two days after the plane crash. She managed to just travel along a stream until she reached a highway, or I guess a road, and, and she was able to be rescued by some, some people. She didn't have any food, she didn't have any water, she had a very limited knowledge of what to do in a situation like this. She had to deal with physical injuries, she had to deal with psychological stress, she had to figure out ways to keep herself alive. In this episode, we're going to talk about the survivor's basic needs. I'll give you, once again, a, a brief description and some underlying knowledge, I think, about how to be able to meet those needs. But also, we want to talk about how do you prioritize those needs? What's going to be most important and when? We'll also get into Christian's basic needs. In order to be spiritually strong and spiritually a survivor, what are those needs that you have to have and how do you prioritize those? 
So when you look at a survival situation, we have big categories of needs that you want to meet so that you are able to survive. I'm not talking about like, oh, you need to have a knife or you need to have water or you need to have food or you need to have a sleeping bag. Sure, those are all items that you need, right? But I'm talking about big categories and we're gonna get into the details in future episodes. But these basic needs, the first one I'm gonna start off talking about is medical. When you look at a survival situation, obviously you have physical injuries, environmental injuries that can happen. You have to know how to take care of those different injuries. So having just a basic foundational knowledge in first aid and self-aid, how do you take care of yourself when nobody else is around? If you're a person who's going out to the woods, maybe a little bit more frequently than others, a knowledge of do first aid in the wilderness. So you have wilderness first aid courses, you have wilderness first responder courses. I think those are great. If you're spending a lot of time out in the woods, I would highly recommend looking into getting some of those classes underneath your belt and just having it as another tool in your toolbox. Because the whole goal is you're not looking for clinical quote unquote sort of medicine. You're doing kind of a field sort of, hey, this is going to work while I'm out here until, you know, once I can get to more definitive medical care, this is how I'm going to take care of myself or treat this injury. You also want to protect yourself from environmental injuries such as heat exhaustion or heat stroke or you know, the, on the opposite end of the spectrum, hypothermia, the varying degrees of that, or frostbite, things like that. You have to understand how to take care of those, how to prevent them from happening. It's really a lot easier to prevent those than to treat them. On the other side of the medical coin, you have psychological stress. When you think about Autumn's story, right? The plane crash, that's stressful enough, but then not being able to rescue her grandparents when she was trying so hard I just I can't imagine the amount of psychological stress that that just caused and probably still uh, is, is having an effect today. So you have to understand how various you know physiological, emotional signs, how feelings are going to affect you, especially in a survival situation. How do you react to those things? What are your tolerance limits? What are you able to withstand mentally? This is the Resilient Fire podcast. How resilient are you to be able to handle stressful situations? Things like pain, thirst and dehydration, hunger, cold and heat, frustration, fatigue. Um, there are all these other factors that are going to have an impact on your psychological status. What are some common reactions to this, some emotional reactions to those stresses? Fear, panic, anxiety, sometimes hopelessness. So you have to understand these different sorts of ways that people react to psychological stress. How do you react personally? So that's your medical need, physical and psychological needs. Next up is personal protection. Personal protection is anything that you're doing to maintain 98.6 degrees, maintain that good body temperature. Your first line of defense to do this is your clothing. So having the right clothing based on the environment that you're in, or maybe even the worst environment that you could be exposed to. When you look back at Autumn's story from the plane crash, obviously she was not expecting to be in an accident of any sort, but she had very thin cotton clothing. You have to understand how you can use clothing to your advantage to avoid overheating, a proper understanding and use of the layering system, things like that. That's going to help keep you alive. It's going to keep that body at 98.6. Your next line of defense when it comes to personal protection is shelter knowing how to build an immediate action shelter, knowing how to build a long-term shelter if you need to. Those are all really, really good skills to have. After that is fire. 
man, I, I cannot stress the importance of fire and knowing how to build a fire enough. It, like it's so important. It does so many things for you in a survival situation. It provides warmth. It provides light. You can dry things out. You can make a signal. You can make tools. You can obviously cook. You can purify water. I kind of call it survival TV, right? If you want to change the channel, you just put another couple logs in the fire and man, it's good. It is a morale booster. I promise you that. And then finally, when it comes to personal protection is your equipment. Having a, a, you know, a, a good understanding of what equipment is going to be best utilized in different situations, knowing how to use your equipment, knowing how to take care of it, man, that's all good stuff. I'm going to do a future episode on, you know, different items and things like that. But yeah, your, your equipment is definitely another thing that you are using in order to maintain your body temperature and keep yourself alive. So we got medical, we got personal protection. Next up is sustenance. Sustenance is food and water, right? You have to maintain caloric intake. You also have to maintain hydration. We're going to talk about that in future episodes, but that's critical. You can go for about three days or so without water. You can go for about three months or so without food. Man, you you have to understand how to be able to get water from the environment that you are in so that you can continue to survive. After that is navigation and travel. Knowing how to find your location, knowing how to use a map and a compass, making the decision to travel. Man, there, there are questions that people ask all the times. Well, do I stay in one spot or do I travel? There's no clear cut answer when it comes to that, unfortunately. Okay. Sometimes if you follow a creek downhill, it could lead you to something else, another line of communication, whether it's a, a bigger waterway or maybe a road or something like that. Okay. But sometimes it might lead you in the complete opposite direction. So that's why it's important to know where you are and where you want to go. Not just kind of randomly saying, well, I'm just going to start traveling and hope for the best. Hope is not a good plan. Your last basic need is signaling and recovery. This is anything that you can do to get yourself noticed and rescued. So knowing how to use different signaling devices, whether it's a whistle or a signaling mirror or a flare or anything along those lines, you have to be able to know how to use those and when to use them in order to get yourself picked up. So when you look at these five basic needs, medical, personal protection, sustenance, navigation, and signaling and recovery, it's a good idea to kind of figure out, okay, what is most important right now? How do you prioritize these? Now, there's no clear-cut answer when it comes to this. It's, it's, there's so many what-if sort of scenarios that you just have to look at the situation that you are in currently and say, okay, what is most important right now? If you have some sort of a life-threatening injury, I'm pretty sure you're going to have medical at the top of the list. Maybe it's some sort of life-threatening environmental condition. I think personal protection with a focus on clothing and shelter is probably the most important at that point. Has it been a long time and you haven't been rescued? Maybe you need to focus on signaling or travel if you know where you are. If you don't know where you are, maybe you need to figure that out. Some situations might be like medical and personal protection only. Others might be more focused on traveling and personal protection and sustenance. It just depends on the situation. It depends on where you are. But your whole goal when you prioritize to when you prioritize your needs in a survival situation is to go from essentially surviving to thriving. 
Now, the same can be said about knowing and prioritizing your spiritual needs. When I was doing my research for this episode, I, I, I used kind of three resources. Um, one of them is a book by R.C. Sproul called Five Things Every Christian Needs to Grow. It's a short read. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's really good. There's another article from Pursue God website called Five Habits. And then finally, Billy Graham, the great Reverend Billy Graham, has one of his blog entries from a long time ago, so 10 Guidelines for Christians. What's very interesting about these three resources is these four basic needs that I'm talking about are mentioned across those three different platforms. So I don't think this is anything that is, you know, just one person is saying, yeah, this is what you have to do. I think these are fundamental things and I, I totally agree. So your basic needs as a Christian, one of them that's mentioned is prayer. We are called to pray. We are told to pray. There are multiple verses in the, in the Bible that say, yep, you need to pray. Romans 12, 12 says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. First Thessalonians 5, 17 just says to pray continually, man, that's such a good thing, right? Prayer is the way that we are able to communicate with God because you're in a relationship with God. Think about your marriage. Think about other relationships that you're in. If you don't communicate with somebody, then that relationship is going to fall apart. Sproul says, when communication fails, the basic communion between two people breaks down, and it is no different with our relationship to Christ. Okay, so I think prayer is, is really important. It keeps us humble before God. And man, when you are praying about something and that prayer gets answered, what a great way to use that as a way to witness in the future and just tell, tell others, hey, this is, this is how God answered my prayers. We should pray beyond our own circumstances and needs, though. We need to make sure that we are looking at the big picture. Right? As Christians, we are, we are called to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? We have to pray for God's work in the rest of the world. We have to pray for his kingdom to do all that. So that's one basic need for you as a Christian. Next up is, and they use different words, but it's all the same thing as either worship or connecting with others or just attending church. Sproul says the first command of the law guards against all forms of idolatry because idolatry misdirects worship from the true God to some kind of substitute fraudulent deity. He goes on to say he absolutely requires humans to honor, glorify, and worship him in the way that he commands, not according to the ways that we prefer. John 4, 23 and 24 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. It's so important to worship. Whatever sort of worship that you feel compelled to do, if you know, if you're a hand raiser or if you're just kind of a, you know, I sit in the back, it's all okay. All right, but God commands us to worship him in spirit and in truth. You have to connect with each other, you have to attend church. I think it's so easy right now for us to say with the COVID situation, just all this other stuff, well, all the churches are going online. I'll tell you what, I, I think you, you lose a lot of your connection to others when you choose that option strictly. You have to get back into community. The other thing is we don't prioritize church anymore. We choose the captivity of activity for lack of better words. I have these other things going on. I'm not going to go to church today. I have this. I have that. You can't do that. 
being around others. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, "As iron, yeah, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another." We are able to use our interactions with others in order to see areas where we need to be sharpened ourselves. None of us is perfect. We all need mentors. We all have a role to play when it comes to being the, the body of Christ, to being in community with one another. We are teaching kids to love the church. We are helping to bear one another's burdens, like it says in Galatians. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. I'll close with another uh, R.C. Sproul quote. He says, We benefit from the encouragement we get from being with friends who are also on a spiritual pilgrimage, people who know us, love us, and are praying for us. We have to have the responsibility. We have the, sorry, we have the responsibility to encourage our fellow believers. This is so critically important. Connecting with others, worshiping God in the way that he commands. Your next basic need is studying the Bible. Understanding the word, understanding God's word is critical in, in two phases of a Christian. First, it's in the conversion. Like when you when you come to Christ, the Bible is critical in that. But it's also critical in, in attaining spiritual maturity and, and having that spiritual growth. We have to have a good understanding of the Bible because uh, deception through the distortion of the truth of God is a major problem that confronts every generation and every Christian community. Paul was so concerned um, that Christian people be solidly rooted and grounded in truth so that they might not be deceived and led astray by false teaching. He talks about that in, in uh, some of his writings. When you think about the Bible, it's kind of our instruction manual. Like, often we don't open it until something is really, really wrong and we've exhausted every other option that we can think of before, oh man, I gotta go consult the instruction manual, right? Knowing God's word can help us from getting to that point. Master the basics. Get kind of that framework understanding first, then get into the details of what the Bible says. Finally, the last need that uh, Christians have is just uh, service to others, witnessing to others. When we, when we talk about the Great Commission, I talked about it earlier, Matthew 28, 19 says, go and make disciples of all nations. All right, despite what we might think, there is actually a hunger for the gospel all around the world. One website says, Others become children of God, temples of God. Sins are forgiven, experience the peace and love of God. They receive direction and purpose. They experience the power of God to change circumstances, the assurance of eternal life. And for ourselves, when we go and do this, we spiritually grow. We pray and study more. We depend on Christ more. And we experience the honor and privilege of representing Jesus to the world. Sproul says the motivation for Christian service is love for God. We serve not to earn salvation, but because Christ already has purchased salvation for us. This is not a, a works-based thing. Okay? When you look at being a Christian, you don't have to do anything except have faith in Jesus. There's no work that you have to do that will earn you your salvation. Just having a faith in Jesus alone will do that. But because of that faith in Jesus, he calls us to do things. And so this is what it means to serve, us, to serve others, to witness to others, and, and do all that. Okay, each of us has gifts that we are given. Know what your gifts are. Know how you can use your gifts to serve others. One of the worst things that we can do is go through our days and, and waste those gifts that God has given us. So those are your basic needs as Christians. Praying, worshiping, Bible study, and service and, and witness with others. So how do you prioritize those? Well, I think just like a survival situation, it's very dependent on the circumstances. If you're a new believer, or maybe you're someone who is wondering about the faith, I think probably what's most important 
is getting a good foundational understanding of the Bible, right? Not getting into the details. The, the Bible, is, it's hard to read sometimes. I totally get that. I still struggle with that. But having a foundational understanding of the overarching message of the Bible is very, very important, especially for new believers. R.C. Sproul has a really great recommendation in his book, and I'm just going to go through it. For the Old Testament, so before Jesus' time, so the Old Testament, he says, get into Genesis so we can learn about the creation, the fall, and the covenants that God makes. Then get into Exodus, it talks about liberation. Joshua is talking about the military conquest. Judges, when we go from a tribal federation to a monarchy. First and second Samuel, first and second Kings, Ezra, Nehemiah, Amos and Hosea, the minor prophets, Jeremiah as a major prophet, Ecclesiastes for getting some of that wisdom, Psalms and Proverbs for getting into the poetry. There are some books in there that he has left out, like Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Those are challenging books. Once you get into the, the details, then that might be a good time to get into those ones. When you get into the New Testament, he recommends Luke for the life and ministry of Jesus. Acts, talking about the early church. Ephesians, we get a really good introduction to Paul and who he is. 1 Corinthians really talks about church life. 1 Peter, we, we learn about Peter. First uh, Timothy, you get the intro to the pastoral epistles. And then Hebrews is more of like Christology sort of study. And then Romans really gets into Paul's theology. I think those are great recommendations. You know, Old Testament, New Testament, just kind of getting that overarching theme and that foundational knowledge before you start getting into the details of what the Bible is actually saying. So what about those like, quote unquote, established Christians? Well, maybe those people have a, a good foundational understanding of the Bible. So just getting into the details a little bit more. But, you know, as you move on in your Christian life, you're called to service more. You're called to stewardship more. Spiritual maturity is probably something you need to focus on, right? So anything that you can do to just kind of continue to grow, not only yourself, but grow the kingdom. What about like a, a tra traumatic experience? I mean, it's going to be different based on the on the circumstances, but based on my experience, like when, when something physical or emotional happens, and I think one of the best things you can do is get into the word, try and figure out how God can comfort you in that traumatic situation. And then find like maybe even more importantly than that is get in communion with God and with others. Surround yourself with people who are going to support you. They don't have to agree with whatever is going on, but they will support you. Right. So get in with other Christians. There's a there's a phrase that we use, and I'm going to have another episode on this. It's called insulate. Don't isolate, right? When you think about, you know, a survival situation or a captivity situation, the enemy is trying to pull someone away from the group so that they can isolate them a little bit further and exploit them. That same thing can happen spiritually. When someone starts to make a mistake, our job as Christians is to try and insulate them and, and just help them come closer to God rather than continue to go, go down the wrong path. So that's it for this first episode. We talked about our basic needs. We talked about what it means to, you know, have medical needs taken care of and physiological or correction, personal protection. <laughs> I'm throwing different words in here. We talked about our Christian basic needs through prayer and worship and Bible study and service to others and witnessing. And all of these things are things that you will do so that in a survival situation, you go from surviving to thriving. And in a spiritual life, you go from essentially surviving to thriving. You're a thriving Christian. 
In 2019, there was a pastor named Jared Wilson out in California who um, unfortunately committed suicide after battling with depression um, and and just uh, psychological demons that he was just not able to uh, free himself from. It's a really tragic situation. Uh, Suicide is is tragic in and of itself, Um, but when you look at the way that this this man was able to influence others and to help others in their struggles with depression and anxiety. But he had these things that were going on. But the, the amazing thing about this situation has been seeing his wife's reaction. Her name is Julie. And, and she, while obviously struggling, especially with their kids, she has just had this amazing sort of connection and communion with God. We talked about being in a traumatic situation, right? And just getting into the word and understanding your Bible and and just figuring out how God can comfort you in all of this, but also being surrounded by others. That's really what she has been able to do uh, in, in the time that she has been grieving the loss of her husband. In one of her social media posts, she, she just talks about that she's not backing down and that she is going to run the race with full force. Now, that's I think that's a, a reference to Hebrews 12.1 when it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I think that's what she's doing. I think that's when you when you have a good understanding of your spiritual needs, what those things are that are going to bring you closer to God, you're able to run your your race with perseverance no matter what is thrown at you. I hope this information was help you, helpful for you today. I'm looking forward to doing another podcast here in about two weeks. We'll see you guys then. Keep your fires burning.